0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan
1: and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, August 5th. You know what that means. There's football tonight. The Pro Football Hall of Fame game, of course. and the start of fall camp. So, Jason, and thanks for being here to everybody. Did you consider wearing a shirt and tie to come to the show today?
2: Well, kind of I, I did uh, on the show a couple weeks ago when we did our uh, independence show. That's right. That's, uh, But, no, I did not. Uh, but there were some, including the freshmen that arrived, apparently, uh, were showing up in their white <laughs> shirts and ties, which, let's be honest, at any other school that would be weird. Uh, here, not so much. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, so all the freshmen showing up in the white shirts and ties – and then when they arrive, the, the, <laughs> they get the nice swag bag, the oh. Nike swag bag. Oh. Look, and I'm going to be totally transparent here. What
1: were you before?
2: I was, was, was really hoping that our very, very good friend, Dr. Billy Nixon. Doctor.
1: We, we're the only ones that come. By Dr. Billy title.
2: Nixon, who, by the way, is very handsome. Uh, was going to, to and intelligent? Yes, very intelligent and a scholar. Yes, and doing amazing things yeah. with the BYU equipment and
1: the player experience. We're going to need a little more makeup on the was uh,
2: was no. gonna was gonna give us our own Nike swag bag, so you know, of course, so we could show people, right. For only that reason, and then keep it, and then keep it.
1: Uh, oh, by the way, they also got you know iPads yesterday for the playbook and whatnot. So it's very uh, cool. That's good. It's like, Chris, it's like it's Christmas in August. It really is. It's very exciting. And uh, we've got a loaded show here on the start of fall camp day. Cannot wait for that. By the way, follow BYU TV Sports on social media. We got you covered for all fall camp interviews, coverage, post-practice media availability, highlights. We got you. Don't worry. Okay, here's the show lineup. The five things that have our attention going into fall camp. Mark Pope will join us. Talk about the signing of Seneca Knight and the West Coast Conference schedule coming out. Uh, We know the dates. Uh, We knew the opponents before, now we know the dates. Would you take a football-only invite to the Pac-12? Discussion on that. An Olympic swimmer, BYU student Josue Dominguez, representing the Dominican Republic, will join the program and recount his experience in Tokyo. But first, some headlines.
2: It's the big one. Football is back. BYU football hitting the field today. For the first practice of fall camp, we will have post practice coverage on the BYU TV Instagram account. Make sure that you are following it. We are assuming it's going to be right around 2.30 Eastern Time ish. That obviously can fluctuate. We do not know. But just make sure you're following uh, on Instagram the BYU TV sports account for all post practice coverage.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Tyler Algiers on the CFPA National Performer of the Year watch list is the fourth watch list Algiers has been named to this preseason what happens when you break out. It includes the Maxwell Doak Walker. I'm going to interview him today, and I'm going to ask him that. I don't even care what his opinion is. Uh, He broke out. He's on four watch lists. (laughs) Sorry. He's known. (laughs) I'm not going to let that one down.
2: All right. The WCC announced the men's hoops conference schedules. BYU opens conference season on the road against Portland on New Year's Day. If you're wondering when BYU will play St. Mary's and Gonzaga, mm-hmm. BYU will be hosting the Gales January 8th. They will go to Moraga on February 19th. As for the Zags, they will be in BYU will be in Spokane on January 13th and then Gonzaga will be in Provo on February 5th.
1: The child's put up nine points, eight rebounds, two blocks in 18 minutes for the Lakers in a win over the Kings, shot four of eight from the floor. Child's will play for the Lakers, continue to do so in the NBA Summer League, which starts August 8th. In Las Vegas. It's all happening in Vegas. It is. Everything that used is to be in Salt Lake Community College. Is culminating still some in Vegas. still some stuff, right, in Yes, Lake. this
2: is the NBA's yeah. official Summer League that all of the teams participate yep. in. Yes. All right, West Coast Conference also announcing the Women's Hoops Conference schedule for the upcoming year. BYU opens conference play hosting San Diego on December 30th. Other notable home games include January 13th for St. Mary's and February 19th versus Gonzaga. Cougars last year 13-3 and 3 in WCC play.
1: Women's soccer fall camp is underway as well. The Cougars are ranked 15th in the United Coaches preseason poll, 16th in the National Coaches Association poll. So the United Soccer coaches are definitely not united. There's two polls. Cougars play a blue-and-white scrimmage Saturday, 9 Eastern, right here on the BYU TV app. Then an exhibition against Weber State on the 14th.
2: Alicia May Mateo failed to advance past the round of 64 at the U.S. Women's Amateur Championship. She fell to Rianne Maxili in 19 holes in match play.
1: Former BYU men's volleyball player and head coach Chris McGowan is the new head coach of a Japanese club team, the Nagoya Wolfdogs. McGowan was head coach of BYU from 2011 to 15, 88 and 31. ABCA coach of the year in 2013. Fall camp has begun, so let's rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Okay, fall camp has begun. So, what are the five things that have our attention going into camp? Number one, the QB battle, obviously. Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover. Do you expect anything to happen in the first week here relative to naming a starter? Uh,
2: I do not. However, we did find out yesterday when we had head coach Kalani Sataki on the program, he is not uh, shying away from naming somebody publicly if that's what happens and somebody steps up.
0: At some time, the team, the players, uh, they all need to know, even including the fans, they need to know who's going to be the guy. Uh, taking the first snap, and so um, I don't know how quickly that's going to that's going to come out. But um, as soon as we, if someone has separated himself and and pretty much earned that spot, then we'll, we'll name it.
2: Yeah, he's not worrying about it.
1: like, I like t- that. gamesmanship. Well, this is a different philosophy than I think maybe even he had a couple of years ago, right. Where it's like, no, let's keep it close to the vest, and nope, let's just name it in 2016. His his uh, you know. First year, there was a question of, is it Taysom Hill, Tanner Ming? They named Taysom Hill in the first week. Right. They, they weren't they weren't shy either.
2: Look, and, may, and, and maybe one of these guys comes out, and look, we all certainly think it's leaning towards Jaron Hall. If Jaron comes out and he's the guy and there's just no point in drawing it out, maybe they do. I'm not expecting that, but I'll I think— I'd be th-
1: surprised if that's the case, because I think the reason they haven't is because— the three are good. Right. There's, and that's, and that's yes. a good problem. It is a good problem to have. So but, we'll, we'll see when someone's named. I would love in the first two weeks for that to happen. Yes. I want two, at least two weeks worth of first team reps for that guy going into the first game. That, I think that's really important. I don't think you can delay that a long time. And, and we've asked everybody that's come through here, Aaron Roderick and Kalani and, and even the quarterbacks. Like, they're like, just whatever happens, happens. But I would hope that no more than two weeks. For that timeline. Yeah,
2: yeah I, think that that's, I think that's probably pretty accurate. And look, and here's the fun part about it is, I think the quarterback is probably going to be number one on this list whether there's a quarterback competition or not. It's just like it's
1: quarterback.
2: Like the first thing you look at is you're looking at the quarterback. Even, if, even if Zach Wilson was back, I think he would still be the number be like, one thing that's getting our attention. If
1: Zach Wilson was back, we'd say, can he be even better? You're yeah. Okay, right. number two, who's getting the most touches on offense? We've talked about so many playmakers at running back and receiver and tight end. What's the distribution going to be like? Who's going to get the most touches? It's, I'm thinking it's Tyler Algier, the most touches, mm-hmm. most carries. No one's going to have more catches Breaking than he out. has carries. Debatable. Uh, who do you think it's? Uh, who do you think's the second most touches? Maybe because Tyler Algier feels pretty obvious.
2: Yeah. See, for honestly, for me, when I talk about getting the touches, I almost think of the, the wide receivers. I, that's actually where I go more because I think there's a clear pecking order in terms of the running back. It's Tyler Algier, and then you have Lopini Katoa. And then it's TBD. And then it's TBD, but I yeah. don't know – Right, look, you may not need TBD because with Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa, you've got enough to get through a season, and certainly the hope is that everybody's healthy. So, honestly, in terms of who gets the touches or who gets the looks – I'm more looking towards the wide receivers and with the, the additions of the Nakua brothers. And, you know, now Gunner certainly is becomes even more prominent in the offense. That's the distribution I'm more interested to see, even more than the running backs. I think we have a pretty good idea because of how strong the top two guys are.
1: Let's say BYU's in empty and they have five wide. Just think about who can oh. be. Nakua, both Nakua's, Gunnar Romney. Isaac. You'd have an Isaac Rex. Maybe you go too tight with yeah. Dallin, Hooker, right? Like, or you have Neil Pollard. Yes, Powell, please. Yes, or please. Chase Roberts or Cody Epps or Keanu Hitt. Like, you can fl- we have. You, you, or you put Tyler Algier out in motion or Here's what? The like, thing. there's so many options to throw to. Three offensive linemen, <laughs> <laughs> which is illegal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number three, the new look offensive line. So Gonar Brady Christensen at left tackle, Tristan Hodge at right guard, and then Shandon Herring at right tackle. So, you put in uh, Blake Frillian at left tackle, Harris LeChance at right tackle, and then kind of TBD on what you're going to get for a guard. Perhaps it's Connor Pay, right? Perhaps it's Keanu Salia Paga. Uh, there are some great options. Clark Barrington and uh, James Empey are the two starters through back. Campbell Barrington apparently is going to be the real deal for BYU at offensive line as well. Clark's uh, brother, who sounds like a, a Duke of Earl. Sir Campbell Barrington! So, I'm stoked about. This group. And, again, I've been talking about it. You're going to have two 300-plus pound tackles. I'm just stoked about the towers. Like, can Jaron Hall see through that? Yes, because he's going to have great vision. He's going to sprint out to the right or left. It's going to be all right.
2: I have very high expectations for the offensive line. And I think one of the reasons why, and we've seen this over the last couple of seasons, is – Number one, a lot of guys are interchangeable, and some people can look at that as a negative. Like, you want guys to be in a certain spot all the time, and I certainly understand that. I think that's probably the best situation, but I like that guys can play different spots. But over the last couple of years, we've had opportunities to see guys come in and get reps, and the depth has been strengthened. So now when some of these guys that were once considered depth now get the call-up to be potential starters, it's not something that's overwhelming, and that's why I come in with a very, very high opinion, and very high expectations for this offensive line. I expect a lot of great things because I, the guys that are there, I think they're ready for this.
1: Yeah, a- amen. New coach in Daryl Funk at offensive line. And uh, we say new guys, but a lot of these guys have played. Like yes. you said, I want to say that eight of the ten in the two deep have started at some point. Like Keanu Saliapaga was a regular in 2019, kind of banged up in 2020. But he's back, and then Harris Lachance has been waiting. Um, Blake Freeland started the Boise State game in 2019. Like, was it even hard to beat Boise State? Be always playing freshman Baylor Romney, freshman <laughs> Sione Finau, freshman Blake Freeland at right tackle. I believe that game. So, I don't know. Was Hank it even Bachmeier hard? Play?
2: Did Hank Bachmeyer play? Does Hank Bachmeyer play in any meaningful games? Number no four. No win matters if Hank Bachmeyer
1: doesn't play, it, whether you're playing Boise or not. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking of Chris Berman. Bach, Bach, Bachmeyer. <laughs> Number four. Who's the defensive playmaker? So you lose Troy Warner. Zane Anderson, Isaiah Kafusi, Kairos Tonga, notably. Chris Wilcox, drafted. Who are the defensive playmakers, in your opinion?
2: So, for me, I've got three guys. The the three that I'm paying the most attention to, up front, Tyler Batty on the defensive line. Peyton Wilgarth, the linebacker. Chaz Ayu in the secondary. Those are the three guys that I'm looking at as the playmakers on the defensive side.
1: I agree on those three. Um, Tyler Batty had uh, four sacks in just a couple of games, so there's a really high expectation for him to kind of Carry that over. Uh, lots of tackles for loss as well. He, didn't, he got hurt, and he was kind of out. Red sh- it, it was a free year for everybody, so he's a redshirt freshman. Peyton Wilgar, uh, Cam Miller's on that train. He, we have to credit him for being first, right? Um, he's like the guy on YouTube in the comments that says, First! <laughs> just don't say anything. Just first! Cam Meller was first, and he thinks that uh, Peyton Wilgar is the best defensive player that BYU has. Then Chaz Ayu in the secondary. Now Chaz is back from injury. Yes. He's a, a full-time safety, not a backer. 2019, Chaz made some really, really important plays uh, for BYU. So I'm excited to see his impact. And then let's see who else kind of makes an impact that we're not talking about. Uriah Tower, perhaps. Lorenzo Faltea on that defensive line. Of course, Max Tooley and Keenan Peely are the other linebacker starters. Will they make plays? Because Max Tooley has made plays in the past. Keenan Peely's been super stout as a tackler. Who's, who's going to take over for Chris Wilcox? And then at who's corner... Gonna, who's going to be that guy? At corner, BYU is loaded yes. with different guys. Yes. Like, there's so many that it's exciting. And you get a guy like uh, Jacques Wilson, who's coming off uh, an ACL tear from last year, who was a junior college transfer that BYU expected to kind of play into that. And of course, Keenan Ellis and Isaiah Heron and all these dudes that have played for three years. Like a lot of those guys were freshmen playing at Camp Randall against Wisconsin in that win, and now they are juniors and seniors and ready to rock. Malik Moore at free safety, who has had a ton of experience, um, and now it's his time to be a starter. But losing Troy Warner and uh, you know and in that secondary and Zane Anderson in the year before, in Gomoloku, that's a lot of experience and quality play, like playmaking. That's gone. So I'm excited to see it on the defense side of the ball. Offense, we kind of feel like we know what we have. Defense, there's a lot of uh, opportunity there. Okay, fifth, and not uh, not to be outdone, who will be the impact newcomers?
2: So for me, I immediately go to the Nakua brothers. I, the, I'm, no question, I, those are the two. I'm just, yep. I'm excited and curious, all wrapped into one, because we know what kind of talent they have. I want to see him in this offense, and in talking with with both of them on media day, their eyes lit up when I asked them what they think is possible for them in this offense. They were so excited to be able to watch what BYU did last year and sort of envision themselves in this offense. They are extremely excited to be a part of it, and I can't wait to see it.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm stoked as well for the Nakua's. Uh, Chase Roberts will be a guy that we're going to give a year, but he was an All-American coming out of American Fork High School at receiver, uh, return missionary. There's a lot of loaded receivers, so maybe he's you know fourth or fifth or right. sixth in that in that group for now. But then uh, you look at <clears> – <throat> Dallin Holker, I know when uh, – there's always this debate. Is a newcomer someone who's back from okay, Michigan? You and Can I are going to disagree newcomer? on this. I feel like he's a newcomer. Dallin Holker, I think – He's uh, not a newcomer. He's played in games. I didn't see him the last two years, but yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever your definition is. Um, on this side of the desk, uh, that is the. It Darren does not Hoker, change name, whether he's a
2: newcomer or not. He's we're expecting a lot of r- really fun yes. things from Dallin Hoker. Yes,
1: Dallin Hoker's uh, the the real dill, nice. as they say uh, in these parts. And then defensively, Tyler Batty. Uh, although he did play a couple of games, right? He's like newish. Like fans kind of know him, not technically a newcomer. But there's there's dudes that we're not talking about. Like Hayden Livingston has played a little bit. He's going to get some run uh, at, at safety. Malik Moore is going to make more plays uh, on that offensive line. Like I mentioned, at Campbell Barrington, that Dylan Rollins kid I mentioned yesterday, Montana. Uh, it's going to be sweet. Montana strong. I love finding out the new guys who are going to make an impact on this team. It's going to be sweet. A running back, Hinkley Ropati. Mm, keep an eye on that name. He does like to work out. <laughs> yeah, dude. He is jacked. Yes, he is. He is not as jacked as Jacked Jimmer, but uh, BYU and Arizona coming up in how many days?
0: Down to the Wildcats.
1: 30 days. That's a weird one. Ooh, where you carry yeah, this we thir- had not talked 30. about that one before. Well, you can probably hear Jason whispering, but there you go. Uh, new threads. <laughs> I was worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> new threads for Arizona, by the way. Maybe they're going to wear white. Uh, they look pretty good. BYU, we know, is going with the Royal Rush. Ooh, there it is. New year, new threads. From Arizona. Nice.
2: I mean, they're not the Royal Rush, but.
1: Yeah, nice for Arizona. Nice for never making the Rose Bowl. Our question of the day. <laughs> What non-QB story are you most interested in as BYU begins fall camp? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kevin Reedler on Facebook. No, just Kevin Riedler. I'm most interested in the progress of the lines, both of them. If the O-line matches last year's performance, any of the th- three QBs will prosper. Amen. Tyler and Lopini will run wild. Receivers will have banner years. If the D-line steps up, linebackers and DBs will feast. Hashtag BYUSN. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming up is streaming the future of college sports. And Mark Pope will join us to discuss the signing of Seneca Night, the West Coast Conference men's soup schedule coming out. And we'll ask him if he can still dunk. And apparently he's going to do it. That's at a at very long table. Of their table, and we won't be able to hear him very well. This is BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is
0: presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of
2: BYU fans everywhere. Tune in this Saturday as live sports are back on the BYU TV app. Watch as the BYU women's soccer team holds their blue-white
1: scrimmage coverage. Begins at 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. It's going to be fun to see the uh, outstanding women's soccer team back on the pitch at Southfield. It's going to be great. They
2: are they are hungry, by the way. They're hungry. They are ready.
1: Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard with you on BYU Sports Nation. Let's bring in the head coach of the BYU men's basketball team, Mark Pope. Lots to discuss. And there you sit at the end of this uh, <laughs> what? table. Uh, what's going on, Mark?
3: There's a power table, boys. This is the war room is where we come in and have discussions. We bring recruits in here, and we waterboard them until they decide to come. This is where all the action happens in the annex, the Dave Rose annex. I'm not allowed to say that, but he built this building. It's incredible.
2: Yeah. I, I feel like there should be, like, a complete – like, the table should be filled with, like, the finest meats and cheeses or something.
3: Well, hey, I cleaned up – there's only one thing on this table because I had a couple minutes before, and Leanne stuck my ballot – for the upcoming elections, are Orem City elections, I just filled out my ballot. I'm not going to tell you who I voted for, although I'm super excited about this election.
1: That's good to know. Content we didn't know we'd have from Mark Pope here on BYU Sports. Nation. We are
3: cynically conscientious here at BYU men's basketball.
1: Good point. Minus the waterboarding comment. Okay. Can you, can you still dunk? <laughs>
3: uh, I can dunk a donut, although... Although I'm not going to lie. I'm super upset about Dunkin' Donuts shutting down. Like, genuinely, what is our world coming to? Did you guys know this?
1: No. It, like in Provo or Orem or something? Or you're saying across apparently the country? Dunkin
3: Donuts, apparently Dunkin' Donuts has, like, shut down in Utah. I, I can't verify that, but I did hear that through um, some family gossip. And so I'm I'm, I'm
1: distraught.
2: I I've, Honestly, did, I believe I the that. only one is... I think there's maybe is one at the
1: airport. Beyond well, that, I think the, it's done. The East Coast uh you know, thrives on this. So Yeah, Boston would gonna, shut down yeah, if, there, yeah, were no, if yeah. there were no if there were no Dunkin' Donuts. Talk to Danny if you have a real uh,
0: issue. Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Okay, well, we're, we're glad you moved the laptop because we can actually now see your eyes, uh, which is great. I couldn't
3: see your eyes actually. I was like, I don't
0: know. <laughs>
1: okay, lots to discuss. Um, I did I, um, Seneca Knight signs. Th- this is a tremendous ad. What is he going to bring to this team? And, Mark, are you done with the roster for this upcoming season with the signing of Seneca Knight?
3: I don't know. But this Seneca Knight is a stud. First and foremost, he is an unbelievable human being. Uh, we had such a such a, a, a fantastic visit with him and his parents when they came on their official visit uh, they're just they are beautiful people this kid has logged a boatload of minutes he's got length he's really really vertically athletic uh, he, he's uh, going to become a great uh, decision maker in the flow of our offense he's got some physicality I'm, I'm really really excited about him he's going to be a huge addition to our roster
2: is he available to play immediately? Does he have to get a transfer waiver? What's the situation with that? Yep, so it,
3: uh, he, he's got he's to get a waiver. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're very, very hopeful that it'll go through. There is some expectation that will but we'll see. I mean, everything's been thrown into absolute chaos with, with all the new waiver rules. So uh, we're really hopeful that he'll be good, good to go this year, and that's and, uh, it's, it's, it's what we're planning on.
1: So you still might add a player? Or two, is that what you're saying? By the roster's not definitely done?
3: We're always looking for players, man.
1: Okay, you're always looking. <laughs> West Coast Conference men's basketball schedule came out yesterday. What do, you, what do you like about it? What do you have questions about?
3: Well, I like, the, I like the league is so good. Right now, Ken Palm has six teams in the top 100. He's got four teams in the top 40, which I don't know if we've ever started a season with four teams ranked in the top 40. Uh, Gonzaga, San Francisco, us, and St. Mary's. So that is incredibly exciting. Uh, and, and and genuinely, you throw in LMU and Santa Clara, and they might be, you know, they might be, they're right there in the mix, right? Uh, so the league is really, really deep. It'll be one of the best years we've had maybe ever in the West Coast Conference. The last three years, we finished the, the season as the eighth-ranked conference in the country, and I think there's a legitimate chance that we um, that we you know that we move up a couple spots, um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what we can do if, if our league holds serve here. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting what to do. You know, maybe for the first time ever. I mean, I hate you know maybe for the first time ever we sneak four teams into the tournament. We'll see. We got a lot of work to do to get there, but uh, the conference is incredibly deep and and veteran and and tough this year. So it's a big time season. Interesting that. Uh, we're going to be done with the Zags uh, in the f- you know first ten days of February. We'll we will have played our second game against the Zags, which normally those are are loaded towards the end of the season. Uh, you know this LMU team is loaded. We'll play them twice in the last month of the season. Uh, we get to finish up the, the second last week at St. Mary's, which is always such a huge battle for us. And um, you know both times we play we play San Francisco and the Zags uh, Thursday, Saturday the top two ranked teams in our conference Uh, so they didn't do us any favors there but we love a
2: challenge so that's the two cents on the schedule we had you on two weeks ago and we asked you about the non-conference schedule when do you think you're going to have the the full schedule and and you said hopefully soon but you're still working on some things any updates to when you think that may be uh, coming out the full schedule yeah, we, we're still a couple games short.
3: Um, I thought we had one in the bag, and then it just went away. Uh, something happened, so we're working hard on that. Um, you know, but that might, you know, that might be it. Might be a couple more weeks.
1: We're, we're super hopeful. Creighton's added. You're going to play that in South Dakota. That's going to be cool. That's a great game, Mark.
3: Yes, it is a great game. Um, it, you know, there's a lot of similarities between our two programs. Um, you know, we, we both have been top 20 uh, offensive teams the last couple of years. Uh, you know, both if, if you know, uh, I don't know if Creighton's finished in the top twenty-five the last two years, but we've both been ranked the last two years. Um, it's going to be a big-time, big-time game on a neutral court in in uh, South Dakota Mecca. Uh, I, what city is it in, guys? I don't even know.
1: I can't
2: remember. Yeah, I can't remember off the top it's of my head. The
3: big city, where whatever city it is in South Dakota, it is a big city. It's going to be a great event. We're really excited. We'll, we'll return the game. Uh, next year and so I'm so excited about the series it's just good basketball
1: Sioux Falls that's where it is
2: Sioux Falls let's go
1: so now that you've
2: had an opportunity and you know who knows maybe some others are added to it but you know you, you have an idea when you see these guys like what it would look like when they're all together starting to see some you know we see the videos coming out on social media the guys practicing and putting up shots what's what's this group like right now
3: well I think I think I think it's a hungry group. I think they're super hopeful um that that the the um bulk of COVID uh basketball experiences behind them, although we don't know that obviously we're not trending the right direction. Uh I think it's 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 got a a bunch of uh guys who have been through it. Uh we we have a real veteran feel on this team, not just guys that have been through it with us at BYU, but we, we we've just put in a you know, added a couple of transfers who have Played massive minutes uh, already in Division One college basketball. I think it will be a little bit smaller than we were last year. Maybe a little bit more skilled than they, we were last year, and um, and we'll have some different challenges. But I think it's an incredibly exciting group. I think we have I think we have a chance to be really really good.
1: Do you like and are you okay with the expectations of two years ago? That was like an all time group. They were projected as a six seed by Lenardi before COVID hit. Last year, you get a six seed as an at large, which is really hard to do. And then this team feels like it's, like you said, equal to or better than last year based on who you've replaced guys with. Are you okay with that high expectation? I think fans are stoked about what this group could become.
3: Yeah, I'm really excited about – listen, I'm grateful for expectations because the, cause the, the guys that were here before and the guys that are returning, they're the ones that have set those expectations. It means that they're doing something right. And um, it does come with a lot of pressure. Some people are afraid of them, but we embrace them. And, and um, it's our job, right? Um, You know, we should be expected to be a top 25 team every year. That's really, really, really lofty goals. That's that would be in fact, if we can do it this year, guys, it would be the first time ever in the history of BYU's glorious tradition of basketball that we finished in the top 25 three straight years first time ever. And so um these guys have worked really hard to put themselves in this position and and they understand what's ahead of them this will be the, maybe the best the WCC's ever been our non conference schedule even though it's not finished yet is is ridiculously difficult
2: um and so so the, these guys get the challenge ahead of them but we're excited to go take them on let's go coach you just mentioned in BYU's tradition people know BYU they know BYU basketball but I'm curious if you've noticed anything that stood out over the, with the success of the program over the last two years, out on the recruiting trail. Have you noticed things changing in a, in a positive manner, or what have you noticed that you can say, yeah, the last two years, I'm I'm, I'm seeing this out here on the recruiting trail.
3: Yeah, it's um, a couple of things. One is um, one thing that's been nice for us is is, is Everybody picks up, almost everybody picks up the first phone call, right? Which is, which is something that's actually really something. Um, uh, it doesn't matter where they are in the country. It doesn't matter if they're freshmen or if they're vets for the most part, everybody will give us a phone call. And then it's, a, then it's obviously a quick filter process with, with a lot of things that, that we are and we believe in. Um, so that's been really fun. The other thing has been fun is, is guys put out their lists um, of these traditionally, you know, maybe big time schools, big time powerhouse schools, big time whatever, um, where where normally you would think, hey, maybe BYU's not really competing. It's really nice to say, hey, over the last two years, we've been way better than program A, B, and C. Um, our results have been way better, our rankings have been way better, our seedings have been way better, and so those two things, um, those two things are nice to have in your pocket when you're out recruiting.
1: Yeah, let's finish with this. Thanks for wearing uh, and getting the white shirt memo. That's great. Yes. And two, congrats to the Bucks. Your Bucks won the uh, ship with Elijah Bryant, man.
3: Can we talk about Elijah Bryant for a little while? So how incredible is this young man, right? One, I mean, he had an unbelievable career at BYU. He kind of came up through college the hard way, right? Um, wasn't a, a, a highly recruited athlete. Came in his freshman year, his conference freshman of the year. Transfers to BYU, has an unbelievable run here at BYU, and then go, goes through this the hard way. Right, he goes and plays a handful of seasons, kind of uh, bouncing around Europe, and just proving himself. Had a couple great summer leagues, especially la- uh, t- uh, maybe two summers ago, it was so good, and um, and then uh, just gets rewarded by you know being a member of an NBA championship team. Who gets to do that? And and the whole while being such an unbelievable representative of BYU, of the university and the community and what this place stands for and and being willing to talk about the things he believes in. Come on, what a gift he's been to all of us. And, And how happy are we all for him? What an unbelievable accomplishment. And I know Milwaukee, when that joint is rolling, those fans are like just about like nowhere else in the country. So we got to watch that firsthand. That was super fun.
1: That's awesome. Elijah Brigham Bryant. Okay, Mark, we appreciate the time, man. We'll talk soon. Let's go, guys. Appreciate you. That's Mark Pope. uh, This time, close up, not far away. That was great. Mark's always (laughs) entertaining.
0: (laughs) That was awesome. We got
1: Dunkin' Donuts, uh, waterboarding, uh, Orem uh, City elections, voting. Yes, Um, there's a lot to discuss there outside of even BYU.
2: I thought the stuff on the recruiting that he said at the end is very, very important. And like he said. You think, oh, they're going to take the phone call? That's a big, yeah, that's that's a big deal.
1: Ask every missionary. It's nice to at least have the door <laughs> yes. open. Like, at least that's right. That's
2: kidding. right. All right, coming up, Olympic swimmer Josue Dominguez.
1: Oh, man, BYU student in the Olympics? That was amazing. And would you be willing to join the Pac-12 in football only? If you say no, why? We'll discuss. This is BYU. Is stuff. this on the table?
0: What? What? Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
2: Football season is almost here. BYU TV is sending two BYU football fans to the season opener against Arizona in Las Vegas. One grand prize winner gets a trip for two, including flight, transportation, lodging, plus tickets to the game. Five second place winners will receive a BYU football fan pack and a Roku. Here's how it's going to work. Daily on BYU Sports Nation, that's this show, we will reveal the word of the day. Once you have the word... Go to BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to enter. Now, winners will be selected at random. Entry does not guarantee a prize. Today's word is young. <laughs> going password style on that one.
1: Someone just missed it. Is young it back in is the, podcast. the word. Not like Brigham Young. Here's Jason. But just young. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. This young program. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping firm.
2: The Athletic held a writer's realignment draft. Because why not? Because August. <laughs> exactly. For college football. Chris Vanini had BYU as his fifth round pick in his new conference. Listen to this conference. Oklahoma, Florida State, Miami, Nebraska, BYU Teams
1: that used to be good minus Oklahoma?
2: <laughs> Houston, back-to-back Cougars, Colorado, Memphis, Kansas, and UAB.
1: Is it weird that Memphis might be the second-best team in Are you
2: all in on this conference? No,
1: it's not going to be. Either. What
2: are you talking about? It's fun. It's hypothetical. If yeah. this were a real thing, you're not I'm in on I'm hypothetically
1: excited. <laughs> Sure. I'm hypothetically Great. disappointed in you. <laughs> what, do, what do you feel like? Hypothetically, you, I'm all in. Why don't you just tell me the conference you want to be in? <laughs> Thank you, Kramer. Pac-12 reporter John, what, Jurassic Park. Pac-12 reporter John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News tweeted this recently. Colorado and Utah were, quote, were clear institutional fits for the Pac-12 a decade ago. There are no obvious or even semi-obvious fits this time around. Yeah. is very not an institutional fit for the Pac12. First of all, we need to find out exactly what the Pac12
2: considers an institutional fit.
1: Is there Because a- Washington states
2: in it. I was going to say is it is is there is there really an institutional fit or is this just code for something?
1: Well, it's code for religion. Yes, it's uh, code for we don't want religious people in the there. The academic institution Utah wasn't in the AAU, you think. Yeah, be is a religious school. That's always going to be a uh, thing that's going to come up in the Stanford-Cal. We don't want BYU in the Pac-12 conversation. That goes back. Yeah, to the, the institutional g- goes fit back it, to the '60s. It I, does. Look, it, it doesn't really matter whether they. It- you always say football fit. Yes. We, why I I don't understand why we're still acting like academics matter in conference realignment and expansion. Why is that still a discussion point? It doesn't actually matter.
2: All right. In a San Jose Mercury News article, speaking of Washington state, uh, their president, Kirk Schultz, is quoted as saying the following. This is very juicy. Mm -hmm. I called George, the new commissioner of the Pac-12, and told. Yes, no, it's not. I called George and told him that I've been uh, through it before. I wanted to make sure we weren't sitting on the sideline, and he said, "I have six options for us. He's thinking deeply about these things. Should we be in the acquisition mode? Should we look to add members? Should they be football-only members?" Should we consider a schedule alliance? Obviously, the goal is to be fully invited into the Pac-12 if you're BYU.
1: Because Utah
2: Valley is in the Big 12 in wrestling, by the way. That is true. Would you go as a football-only member if the Pac-12 came a-call? One million. million Yes,
1: absolutely. If that's all you can get. If that gets the foot in the door,
2: well, right now your foot's in the door because of the scheduling you get with them. If you can open it a little further by being a football-only
1: Then you see what happens. Yes. If you're involved in football, that's awesome. If the other sports can be in there as well, that's great. Uh, And it wouldn't be a whip without a big game boomer mention. Uh, Today, Tom Homo listed as the eighth best AD in the NCAA. Did he nail this one at number eight?
2: (laughs) Tom Homo, number eight. Look, I I think that's fantastic. I also find it interesting that uh, another school in the state of Utah is in this. Utah State. Coming in at forty-five, I'm I'm looking to see. Where's Utah? I I don't see them on this. Well,
1: Big Game Boomer, what was thinking? The top two, by the way, are Oklahoma and Texas. Big Game Boomer thinks Oklahoma has the best stadium. That's crazy.
2: What would Big Game Boomer do without this show? Probably. What would we do without Big Game Boomer? Is probably the question. That is the question. That is probably the question. That is the whip. Yeah. All right, coming up, our rise and shout-outs to a humble beast of a quarterback.
1: Yeah, who's that? And the BYU swimmer who just finished swimming in the Olympics, slept on those cardboard uh, foundations, you know, of the beds, (laughs) the frame. How was that? Josue Dominguez joins us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented
0: by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: After further review is back, watch the season debut as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon review the most exciting scoring plays from the 2020 football season. AFR,
1: available on demand on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Jeremy Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. There will be students in a couple of weeks who will be sitting in a classroom with an Olympic swimmer from BYU and not even know it. His name is Josue Dominguez. He represented the Dominican Republic, and he's approaching his senior season at BYU. He now joins us on BYU Sports Nation. He's back in Provo. Josue, how were the Olympics, man? Congratulations on uh, being at the Olympics. That was so cool to watch.
4: Thank you so much. The Olympics were amazing. It was, um, I can say, an experience uh, I was expecting to have Um, with some difficulties, but uh, walking to the swimming block, the starting blocks, and um, it was, in that in that biggest stage, it was the best. It's one of the best experiences that I've ever had.
2: Speaking of the, the best experiences, I'm sure you have a, a lot of them, and probably still processing the entire experience, but what's something that really stands out to you? What, what's, what are you taking away from the Olympics for you personally?
4: Um, personally, in terms of well um my coach Sherry told me to um keep a journal to of everything that was going on. Um I started to um record everything that has happened like since the week before I left to Japan until uh today. Um that helped me um understand a lot of things but I took um, four things that I, I learned from, from the experience. And the first one is that the Lord has his plans for us. And he's gonna let us know and he's gonna take us to that plan because he's he wants us to learn things but he also he wants to protect us, to protect us from the things of the world so his plan is the best one to follow and he's gonna um, move things that we can be having the best experience we have here on earth and the second the second thing is that when we are going through challenges is when we are more capable of changing our behavior our person and become better and the third thing is that there is a wave repair. And the fourth thing is that there is a price to pay for everything. And, and that means if I want to be a better swimmer, I have to pay a higher price than what I have paid until now. So well said. That's, uh, the four things, yeah, that's the four things that I I, took from, I take from these Olympics.
1: Did you take anything physically? like uh the cap the goggles uh you know <laughs> anything from tokyo yeah to... yes, i
4: i have i have a, a i could get a I, i'd receive so uh any a bunch of things they even let us uh, get the um one of the blankets from the from the village so i have my Tokyo twenty twenty blanket right here in my in my bed that's awesome and, man. yeah then besides that i have all my issue from my country, and they, they, they gave us a lot of stuff. So it was, it was amazing.
1: Hey, that's an acceptable red on this program the 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 country of the Dominican Republic the red it looks beautiful it's not crimson red like uh, no. Utah but Thank we're you. good <laughs> all
2: right so you said you got to bring a lot of stuff back would, did would they allow you to bring back the cardboard bed because the 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 beds have gotten a lot of... <laughs> get in your suitcases <laughs> well look yeah. it's paper right I mean like, for crying out loud now it's just the base that was made out of cardboard you obviously had a, had a, an, a mattress on it but w- what was the bed like was it actually comfortable
4: Yes, um, it was very comfortable. I sleep very well every every single night that I was there. And it was just sometimes when you kinda like sit on the bed and lay back on the like on the backside you felt this uh weird material. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was it was okay. Sometimes you will like um kind of like Lay on it a little bit, and there were some parts that we would bend a little bit. I was like, oh, right, it's cardboard. So, <laughs> stuff like that happened.
1: That's awesome, man. So you participated in the 100-meter and 200-meter breaststroke. How did you feel like you performed personally? Because just being at the Olympics is incredible. Congratulations. And then as a uh, competitor like you were talking about, you want to perform well. So how do you feel like you performed?
4: Um. I'm I'm happy with uh, my performance. Um, it, I couldn't make my best times uh, over there. I had I had to be in quarantine for a couple of days, and also not being, I wasn't able to swim for a couple of days too, so that threw off my my shape a little bit. But besides all that, I did I performed my the best I could in that circumstance. So I'm very happy with it, and. I was talking to some, one of my friends about it, and I was like, one of the things that pushed me through my races was thinking that I, I wasn't there alone. There were so many people behind me that were supporting me, people watching TV, people there on the stands. And the best thing I could do was doing my best in the pool. So that's what I did.
1: So you mentioned you had to quarantine. How many days did you have to quarantine? And was that just, I imagine, straight away once you got there?
4: Uh No. So I had to. So I got there on t- Tuesday afternoon. So we practiced on Wednesday, um, from Wednesday to Saturday. And Saturday night, it was when uh, one of the coaches told me that I had to leave the pool immediately. And there's someone in my, that was close to me in my flight, um, tested positive for COVID mm-hmm. and that. Me and some other swimmers had to go back to the hotel and start, and start quarantine. So I had to be in quarantine since the day I arrived to Japan. Um, like fourteen days since the day that, that I arrived to Japan. So I, um, I was basically out of quarantine the twenty eighth of July. Like, right, like the day after I, I finished all my races.
1: <laughs> oh, gotcha. Well, congratulations on going to the Olympics. And uh, welcome back to Provo. You'll start school in a couple weeks. And I'm telling you, there's going to be kids in classes with you. They have no clue, right? Like, yeah. you, you could be like, I was in the Olympics. You're not going to do that, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, and thanks for taking a couple minutes, I'll sway. Best of luck on school and your senior season. We're going to be watching uh, the swim and dive team uh, closely.
4: Yeah, it's going to be, so, be a fun season. It's going to be good. So, Absolutely. I'm excited for it. Okay, thanks, Josue. Thanks, Josue. Thank you so much.
1: Josue Dominguez, repping the Dominican Republic from BYU. So proud. He was the only current student athlete involved in the Olympics, which it's insane that anyone's involved, let alone a current right. student athlete or athletic student, as we like to call him. But you, you had Taylor Sander and Jordan Matias as the other two former players, and then you have some coaches still going, right, like Lucas Slabe. U.S. beat the Dominican Republic yesterday in women's volleyball. Didn't want to bring that up while Josue was on. But uh, so proud of Josue to uh, rep the DR and BYU. Yeah, very cool. And we appreciate him uh, stopping by BYU Sports Nation this morning. All right, coming up, our elite voice of the day. And Ryzen shout-out to a game-changer. Which Jet teammate called Zach Wilson that? And something else, which I think Jason is as well. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always on
2: demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can always download the podcast.
1: Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe, rate, and review the show while you're there. Ah, First day of fall camp. Very exciting. Less than a month to go, BYU and Arizona. Our question of the day, what non-QB story are you most interested in? As BYU begins fall camp at 86 WI on Twitter. Ultimately, the success of any football team comes down to the lines. I'm not concerned with the O-line, but D-line has lots of questions. Health Tyler Batty. Can we go two to three deep? Development of this group is key to controlling running games of Utah, Arizona State, etc. That's a great point. It starts with the lines. How you feeling about the lines going into fall camp?
2: Uh- I feel very, very good about the offensive line. We talked about that earlier. The defensive line still the question. That's, that's the one. That... There's
1: some returning guys. Yes. Uriah Atella. But, but it, it's Palatea. less proven. It's yeah. less yep. proven to me than what the offensive line has. Totally. Like it's Caden Haas and uh, Atunai Amahe as kind of those nose tackles. Caden Haas played a little bit last year. Atunai Mahé sat out. Actually had a, a stroke two years ago, but he is good to go. That's an incredible story. So we'll pay attention to that and many others at KevinW0914 on Twitter. I'm interested to see who emerges into the two deep along the offensive line. There are some intriguing recruits from both JC and high school coming in that I'll be watching closely. Yeah, that's fall camp for you. Like, we really pay attention to the two and three deep. And then when the season starts, we just pay attention to who plays right. and makes plays. So this is, this the, entire is the time group. to get yes. to know the whole roster. It's
2: the entire group, and then you start yes. whittling things down in terms of who's actually going to be on the field.
1: John, by the way, always uh, joked he had uh, roster math or jersey math. So he'd be like, uh, Jaron Hall plus Baylor Romney equals <laughs> right. like, whoever's number 19 or whatever. Like, this is when you get to know the full roster, and it's going to be super fun. Okay, our e. Lee, voice of the day, is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Clint Bergstrom on Instagram. The running back room, offensive line depth. We have a known quantity and quality, but how good is the depth? This team could be a deep enough team to handle the rough schedule way better than Mr. Jordan believes. It's brother Jordan, but thank you. Um, I I love uh, that idea of if BYU is going to play a tougher schedule, it's got to have more depth than it's had before because starters are good at BYU. Sometimes the backup don't. Uh, equal the backup of the average Power 5 team.
2: Well, and with most of the more physical games being played in the beginning, that's where we have seen... A lot of injuries happen for BYU, and that's where the depth then has been called into action much earlier than probably what you were expecting.
1: I think BYU has average power five depth. What I mean is the upper echelon. Like if is playing in Arizona State, um, well, Arizona State's got to prove themselves. But like a Utah type where yeah, is there a talent gap? Just what? They're getting really good players. Yes. So is BYU now. Let's go. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. Who gets them?
2: Uh, how about uh, one Zachary Wilson? His teammate with the New York Jets, running back Michael Carter, calls him a humble beast I love and a that. game changer. Yeah, I think I'm, the I'm same you, of you. The, oh, thank you. A humble beast. Zach Wilson is made for New York.
1: Uh, yes, yes.
2: He's, yes, yes. He's going to be just fine.
1: Uh, fall camp beginning. Awesome. Hall of Fame game in the NFL tonight as well. Football's back, baby. Football's com- back, baby! <laughs> and The conversation continues
2: 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use
1: hashtag BYUSN. Our thanks to today's guests, Mark Pope and Josue Dominguez. For Jason, I'm Durham. Shout out to Matt Allen. Check out uh, fall camp coverage this afternoon and evening on BYU TV Sports social media platforms. We are back, baby! We are back! I'm heading over there right now. Get out of here.